Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to... Joe Biden has won the presidency. Thank uh, the Lord. John. The actual God of Dante. Like, uh, thank him. And whoever the fuck we have to thank. Like, <laughs> mostly, honestly, Stacey Abrams and all of the people who have been... Um, voters, getting out the vote. getting the vote, expanding... And also, we have voter accessibility. The seagull that pooped on your head? We oh really yeah, have that I, I don't know what kind of bird it was, but yes, listeners, I was shot upon by a bird. Um, was it a metaphor that that happened at basically the exact moment that Biden won? Or that it was called for Biden, I should say. What I don't know, mean? but my partner had to burst into the shower where I was cleaning the bird feces off of my <laughs> luscious hair um, and denounced me, and it was a beautiful moment. I really felt pissed of so much more than just bird shit. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I feel like I there's, there's a bit of Dante and Contrapasso there somehow. Mm. Let's, we Probably should analyze not. that more deeply. Not. <laughs> I went outside because people were hooting and hollering on my block, and everybody was just on the sidewalk, like in their pajamas, fist pumping, and cars were honking, and it was glorious. That's amazing. Yeah, it was weirdly quiet here, but then people um, kept setting up fireworks. Oh. Like, so much so that when I was going, I was biking later that evening, and it was, like, really smoky. Mm, Like, it was hard to see, yeah. Do you think it was The UK would get so into it. Yeah, do you think it it was... the whole world, I think. I don't think it's America-centric to say that this election had global consequences. No, no, no. It definitely does. It definitely does. Um, anyway, back to Dante. Anyway, yes. Where we were last time, um, we determined that Trump is probably lower in hell than all the people we have just Trump been would be about, definitely so. thrown into the core of hell. Yeah. And I've actually thought about different ways that Trump should be punished in the afterlife. Oh God, and one of them includes being sent on a spaceship to the outer regions of outer space. And whether okay. or not there would be life support on that spaceship, I will not say. That would be for the divine. But we don't want to aliens determine. to come across him as like the representative of our species. Yeah. Oh my God. What if the aliens? I think this could backfire. Him? Okay. Yeah. And then there was a. Big, Maybe they big thought he was war. like our god. Maybe that they would thought be bad. But then they waged war against the U.S. And actually, it turned out that Bradley Cooper became the next president and he (gasps) introduced the aliens. No, no, Bradley Cooper, we need to reserve his time to play Dante. Wait, no, was he playing Virgil or Dante? I think he was Virgil, Virgil, hot Virgil. Virgil. Wasn't Timothy Chalamet playing Dante? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't forget that. That's a piece of brilliant casting on my part. Oh, amazing. Um, I also looked him up. He's so young. Timothy Chalamet? I know, he's like our age. Yeah. Not crazy. Okay, yeah. so he's definitely when he's thirty-five. Oh my god, perfect because then Bradley then. Cooper will be like fifty, and Timothy Chalamet will be thirty-five, and it'll just be this beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Or but we we should really have a queer and people of color and women slash femme centric version of this that we need to think about. But I just, just don't, I don't think that Dante's hell would be filled with a lot of queer and women. I'm sorry. I just. No, no, no. I mean, it's okay that many of the people there are men. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, and white men in particular. But I think it makes you good. But I think that we should recast Dante and Virgil in like a funny, in like a queer 
or like femme actor actress role okay okay that can be something we discussed during this canto okay very good okay so last i'm sure it'll come up um we were in the seventh bolgia and they oh yeah vani fucci was hanging around vani fucci also known as snakes also also known known as as funny vulture no um i don't know um and they let's see what happened um they made it to the eighth bank they were uh they encountered a bunch of serpents and thieves and the serpents were striking sinners whereupon they would turn into crumbling ashes and Mm -hmm. then the sinner would come back and we met vani fucci who was uh, somebody who was condemned for stealing the treasure of the sacristy. Oh, yeah, the but they didn't find out until after he died. Right, exactly. And I right. thought he would be a scientist, but he wasn't actually a priest, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dante made a prophecy about the coming strife in Florence. Yeah. So, lots to look forward to in this canto, 25. Um, do you want to take it away, Lucifer? Um, yes, thank you. Beelzebub. I will I will begin. But but Beelzebub Wait. isn't as good of a nickname for me because it doesn't sound like my name. Does it not? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. And none of the de- de- none of the devils sound like Elaine. I'm sure we'll find one. Okay. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Wait, mm. is that a spoiler? Oh my god, you have to stop spoiling. I I'm not okay. telling you whether or not it's a spoiler. When he Vani Fuchi, I assume, had finished saying this. Wait, what did he just say? He just yeah. said, oh, he did this whole prophecy thing. Yeah, the funny thief, The thief shaped his fists into figs and raised them high and cried, here, God, I've shaped them just for you. Excuse From me, then, what? I know. No, I have no idea. Wait, oh, there's a note on this. Um, oh, the gesture just... Dist- oh, it's like doing... The, it's like a middle finger. Yeah, it's cl- the gesture is made by closing the hand to form a fist with the thumb inserted between the first and second fingers. Oh, wow. Wait, isn't that ASL for T? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I feel like I remember that from kindergarten. I had really bad insomnia last night, and one of the ways I was trying to get back to sleep was trying to remember the entire ASL alphabet. Wow. I remember when um, we would have insomnia together and, and like just aw, be back bonking around the house at 4 a.m. <sighs> Anyway, okay, so anyway. he basically f- flips off God. I just think of a vagina, though. Is a fig a vagina? Like, is that the symbol? I Why it's fuck you? I think I think that it, your thumb is the phallus, and it's being inserted into your other two fingers. As oh. if you were... Because, like, that's actually... I mean, that's the background of the word fuck, which, if you really think about it, really? it's like an extreme... Yeah. It's an extremely mm. misogynist swear word, mm. and also quite homophobic as well. Hmm. Like the way that okay. we use it now. Cancel fuck. That's our new. It's meme. almost ba- as bad as like ripping someone a new one. Man, which okay. is just horrible. I didn't. What's that? Have you heard of that phrase? No. I'm gonna rip you a new one. No. What it's like it's like I'm gonna beat you up, or I'm gonna like be mean to you but it comes from literally slavery like no from sodomizing or like penetrating somebody so hard that you create a new uh like anal cavity oh my god that's horrible if you come away from this episode with anything 
you should probably stop saying the word fuck as much and so should we but that I mean this does bring up a bigger question about like obscenity and kind of like the gene genealogical fallacy for a lot of these words where like they they're so kind of there's they're all over our language like these kinds of metaphor so well, I think I think it, the question is is there a genetic fallacy in saying that these words are homophobic or misogynistic or right yeah yeah that's exactly the 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 question um anyways okay from then on, all those snakes became my friends, for one of them at once coiled round his neck, as if to say, that's all you're going to say, while another twisted round his arms in front. It tied itself into so tight a knot, between the two he could not move a muscle. Mm. Pistoia! Ah, Pistoia! Why not resolve to burn yourself to ashes, ending all, since you have done more evil than your founders? <laughs> Wait, what did Pistoia do? Isn't it just a town, right? Isn't that where Vani Fucci is actually from? Yeah. So maybe he's digging Pistoia for some reason. Interesting yeah, that he comes friends with Sinclair. And this is actually, it has been mentioned before, I think, that Pistoia was said to have been founded by the remnant of Catiline's conspirators against Rome. Who's Catiline? Catiline is this guy who went up against Cicero. Um, but it's actually not known to this day whether he was actually conspiring to, like, have... Uh, to like take over Rome it's an ancient Roman reference and mm. a lot of Cicero's Cicero like one of his big moments was getting Catiline or like exposing what he said was Catiline's conspiracy but like we really don't have any evidence either way so it could turn out that Catiline was actually just act I mean anyway it's it's a longer thing okay interesting but basically I guess Pistoia is he's yeah he's get, making a dig against Pistoia okay interesting um, do you want to continue? Throughout the circles of this dark inferno. Yes, correct. We are in inferno. But it's dark. Interesting. Okay. I saw no shade so haughty toward his god. Not even he who fell from Thebes' high walls. Hmm? Capanius. We met him a couple cantos ago, didn't we? I forget who that is. He's from, he's from like the Seven Against Thebes, I think. Without another word, he fled, and then I saw a raging centaur. What? Gallop up, roaring, where is he? Where is that untamed beast? I think that Almaremma does not have as many snakes as he had on his back, right up to where his human form begins. Okay, wait, so just recap this, recapping this wait, canto. Wait, the centaur? So yeah, recapping this canto so far, Vani Fucci makes this prophecy about not Dante makes this prophecy about how Florence is going to be effed just like yeah. Pistoia <laughs> and then and then as he's finishing making that prophecy he makes a fig hand and he cries here god I've shaped them just for you meaning I've shaped my hands just for you so basically guess, he flips yeah. off god then the snakes which Dante was previously afraid of uh basically strangle him so he can't say anything anymore mm -hmm. then dante moves from narrating to talking directly to us which is i don't know if that's like a different level of diegesis but um and then he says like f you pistoia you should burn make some reference to thebes now there's a centaur who gallops up with snakes on his back yeah this is all the first page yeah Damn. this is i just wanted to recap that because it's hard for me to keep it all straight so Wait, but weren't centaurs up to something? Centaurs were, like, chasing people in another canto. Yeah, but wasn't Charon the good centaur who was the one leading them through? No, that's, that's, um, 
Chiron. Chiron, sorry, sorry. Oh, Chiron. Okay, so... Wait, the centaurs were definitely up to something. Oh, yeah, Capanius is over by the Phlegathon, and then the centaurs are chasing people around the seventh circle near the river, river of boiling blood, the Phlegathon, and Alexander the Great is there. Okay, <laughs> wow, thank God I have this diagram. I really forgot all about that. That's where Capanius yeah. is. Okay, so anyway, so he's covered in snakes. Upon his shoulders, just behind the nape, what? A dragon with what? its wings spread okay. wide was crouching and spitting fire at whoever came its way. My master said to me, that one is Caucus, okay, who okay. more than once in the grotto far beneath Mount Aventine spilled blood to fill a lake. He does not go the same road as his brothers because of the cunning way he committed theft when he stole his neighbor's famous cattle herd. And okay, people his... are always stealing each other's cattle in the Greek myths. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, true. But it's an major important theme. asset. And major theme in the Bible, too. Yeah. Also, in my um, Setswana culture class, we had to learn about why it was wrong to steal people's cattle. So hmm. it's very Good. bad. It's really considered quite bad. And it, But you can also loan your cattle to someone. Anyway, hmm. sorry, that's getting too much into my Setswana history class. Okay. And then his evil deeds, Cacuses came to an end beneath the club of Hercules, that bitch, who struck a hundred <laughs> blows and he perhaps felt ten. Okay, who is Cacus? I guess he's the centaur. Um, Cacus? This is in the note, listeners, on page 135 to lines 25 mm -hmm. through, th through 33. Cacus was a centaur, the son of Vulcan. He was a fire-belching monster who lived in a cave beneath Mount Aventine and pillaged the inhabitants of the area. But when he stole several cattle of Her Hercules's, also known as Heracles, the latter went to Caucasus's cave and killed him. His brothers are the centaurs who serve as the guardians in the first round of the seventh circle. I feel kind of lost about that, but okay. So wait, but Caucasus is... Is he an enforcer or is he being punished? Because he's covered in snakes. I think he's being punished, right? Because Virgil says that one is Caucus who Wait, didn't, but does he, he wasn't. Does he have dragon wings or is there an actual dragon on his head? I think there's an actual dragon on his head and he's in this circle as opposed to the others. I think the centaurs were in the other circle because, um, in the first round of the seventh circle for like rage or something like that but this one is in a circle of thieves because of the cunning way that he stole the cattle wait but the centaurs oh the centaurs right? were being punished for which which rage. circle was that the seventh it was the circle of rage right yeah, yeah, weren't yeah. centaurs supposed to be very hot-headed isn't that their yeah, yeah and they, they always yeah. come and like abduct people and stuff right right i thought they were like staff <laughs> It's kind of like a dog where I'm like, do you um, work here? Or like, we're the catering staff, you, actually, of the seventh circle? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, okay, and oh, then I guess yeah, Hercules, I guess Hercules killed Cacus. Caucus. Yeah, I guess. God. Okay, fun he was, theory. He really was a busy man. He was truly a busy man. Also, he killed his wife and all of their kids. Not good. Yeah, only his first wife, but then his second wife killed him. Oh, what? Because, and a centaur was... I told you this, right? This whole thing where, like, this centaur was trying to help them get across the river. Nessus, we met him. He's one of oh, the centaurs. Oh, maybe you did tell me this. He's, I know, but it's just a lot of I information. I can't keep it all Nessus straight. Nessus was, like, leading them around. I just right? think of Nessundorma. Nessundorma. You know, from Turando, the, the opera. Oh, it's I such a good song. Pavarotti sings it. It's so good. Okay. Mm. Back 
to the text. Okay. Um, while he was speaking, Caucus galloped off. So while Virgil was speaking, Caucus mm-hmm. galloped off. At the same time, three shades appeared below us. My guide and I would not have seen them there if they had not cried out, Who are you two? Wait, they're this... asking about them. That's interesting. That hasn't really happened before. Yeah, I guess it's always Dante and Virgil who approach the shades and ask them who they are. Hmm. We should make a note of that. Um, make a note. Um, shove my glasses up my face. Okay. Um, Solidarity, I will also shove my glasses up my face. <laughs> um, if they had not cried out, who are you two? At this, we cut out, at this, we cut our conversation short to give our full attention to these three. I didn't know who they were, but then it happened. As often it will happen just by chance. Okay, nothing happens just by chance in a poem, but... That one of them was forced to name another. Where did Chianfa go off to, he asked. And then, to keep my guide from saying anything, I put my finger tight against my lips. Okay, so Chianfa was a member of the Florentine Donati family. He makes his appearance in line 50 in the form of a serpent. How do we know that? Oh, that hasn't happened yet. Ugh. Elaine, spoiler. you can't have a spoiler. Well, it was, I was just reading the note. Uh, but you've read this before. Yeah, but I don't, I read it like it's okay. in August. Also, can I just say that is so relatable. Like Dante's like, I don't know them shit. But then when you get them to introduce each other, you can be like, oh yeah, I knew your name was Greg. Oh my God. I always do that. I'm like, oh, hey, um, this like, is my this is, And then they introduce themselves and you're like, yes. Except then you're also like, wow, I suck. And they completely yeah. know that you forgot that you're their name. Huh. Yeah. I once oh, well. did that with somebody I went to high school with for four years. It was really bad. Oh my god. I know. I felt really bad about that. Okay, so where did Gianfa go off to? And then Dante hushes Virgil. Um, <laughs> wait, I have to try, turn the digital page. Okay, now if, my reader, you should hesitate to believe what I shall say... There's little wonder, for I, the witness, can scarce, uh, scarcely can believe it. All right. Well, let's see. While I was watching them, all of a sudden a serpent, and it had six feet. What? Shot okay. up and hooked one of these wretches with all six. Okay, with this it. is very biblical, as in how the serpent had feet before God yeah, cursed it. True. So maybe that's... Also, maybe serpent is kind of means dragon. Or a anyway. wyvern. Or seraphim. Anyway. Wait, aren't the seraphim like angels? Yeah, but they're also, sorry, cherubim. Cherubim are dragons, mm. apparently, in the Old Testament. Slash Hebrew Bible. Sorry, yeah. continue. I interrupt. With its middle feet, with the middle feet, it hugged the sinner's stomach and with the front ones grabbed him by the arms to, and bit him first through one cheek and then the other. The serpent God. spread its hind feet round both thighs, then stuck its tail between the sinner's legs. Oh, and Whoa. up against his back, the tail slid stiff. Oh my oh, god. This is very rapey. I don't like this. No ivy ever grew to any tree so tight entwined as the way that hideous beast had woven in and out its limbs with his. And then both started melting like hot wax and fusing. They began to mix their colors so neither one seemed what he was before. Just as a brownish tint ahead of a flame creeps up a burning page that is not black completely, even though the white is dying. Oh this my god! Really it's very twisted. Ovidian. Is it? Oh yeah, yes. metamorphoses. But also, mm. like, specifically the vines, like, people turning into trees because of, like, sexual assault. Mm. 
I really don't like this. This is the thing of his tail sliding stiff up against his back just seems like rape. Yeah, it's horrible. I really don't like that. All right. The other two who watched began to shout, okay, not only is is it a rape, but it's a rape that other people are watching. Maybe on one reading. Mm. Um, oh, Aniel, if you could see how you are changing, you're not yourself and you're not both of you. The two heads had already fused to one and features from each flowed and blended into one face where two were lost in one another. Two arms of each were four blurred strips of flesh and thighs with legs, then stomach and the chest sprouted limbs that human eyes have never seen. Each former likeness now was blotted out, both, and neither one it seemed, this picture of deformity, and then it sneaked off slowly, just as a lizard darting from hedge to hedge under the stinging lash of the dog day's heat zips across the road like a flash of lightning, so, rushing toward the two remaining thieves, aiming at their guts, a little serpent, fiery with rage and black as a peppercorn, shot up and sank its teeth in one of them, right where the embryo receives its food. What? And then, presumably. Oh, then back it fell and lay stretched out before him. The wounded thief stared speechless Wait, at the beast. Oh, do can you want we to talk about that? Who's Agnès? I don't know. Why? Why are the and so? Can we just get this straight? There's three centaurs. Centaurs. Are these centaurs or are they? People? No, no. These are I think just people, like shades. Okay, so first of all, Caucus, who is a centaur, like gets strangled by a snake that was previously riding on his back. Yeah. And then he ran away. And yeah. then these shades asked them, hey, where did Chianfa go? And then before Virgil and Dante can, um, and who are you? And before Virgil and Dante can answer, then these, then one of these poor sinners gets impaled or, uh, un, you know, unconsensually hugged and or raped by one of these snake dragon things. And then as this is happening, as they're going through this metamorphosis, the other two sinners begin to shout that this sinner, oh, Aniel, if you could see how you're changing. So basically the Aniel, snake like takes a hold of it, of this, of the shade, and then like trans, like, like they both turn into like this snake with even more legs. Where does it say that? like sprouting limbs oh maybe it's okay. just talking about like the human like basically they like fuse and they become fuse one creature like into a snake man kind yeah. of thing right yeah um this picture of deformity and then this thing just sneaks off so in if this is an example of dante and contrapasso then probably the idea of we i mean there's probably something going on here with what serpent symbolizes like cunning or um evil creatures and also that that can be attributed to the sin that this person committed in life. So yeah. I don't know, maybe what like, they have done? Um, well, oh don't you God. say that somebody is a snake when they're a traitor? Could be a traitor. Although didn't we meet traitors yeah. already? Well, there's lots of different kinds of treachery, it sounds like. It's true. There's an illustration from Doré in my other copy of the book. Um, it's just so bleak. Jeez. Really? It's basically just, like, all these people surrounded by all these weird snakes and getting, Hmm. like, 
completely coiled up in them and it's really kind of disturbing. Ugh. I'll send you a picture okay. after. It's difficult because we don't really know who Aniela was. I mean, the... the it doesn't footnote, sound like the, the people making notes know either. No, the footnote in the Musa translation on 136 foot to line 68 says, besides the indication that Aniel is a Florentine, except for Vanifucci, the thieves in the Scanto are all Florentines, and possibly one is from the Brunelleschi family. Brunelleschi family. Nothing more is known of him, so... Yeah, Sinclair doesn't have anything else to offer. Uh, okay, so those Florentine. they're all Florentine, though. So this they're traitor that gets yeah. fused with a serpent slinks off, and then another lizard rushes towards the two remaining thieves and sinks its teeth into one of them on its belly button, and then it and then it felt falls back and lays stretched out before that sinner. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then do we're you want to? We're basically going to find out what happens now, right? Yeah, sorry for all the recap. I just sometimes no, this, find that it's this, important. This in particular, there's so much going on. There's a lot going on, and, and I think because we're reading it in translation, it can be difficult to follow the chain of events sometimes. So, Also, can we just say this is all wacko? <laughs> like, what? We've already had, like, snakes, centaurs, dragons. Boiling like, blood. kind of, like, fusion. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's horrible. It's, like, fusion... Never mind. I was thinking about like what kind of restaurant nuclear okay. like oh. serpent fusion restaurant. <laughs> Gross. <gasps> um, horrible. Um, um, um where were we? Oh yeah. The wounded thief stared speechless at the beast and standing motionless began to yawn as though he needed sleep or had a fever. The snake or had COVID. The snake and he were staring at each other, one from his wound, the other from its mouth, fumed violently, and smoke with smoke was mingling. Let Lucan, this is wild. This is crazy. What is going on? Let Lucan from this moment on be silent, who tells of poor Nisidius and Sibelis, and wait to hear what I still have in store. Okay. And Ovid, too, with his Cadmus and Arethusa, though he metaphor, what metamorphosed one into a snake, the other to a fountain. I feel no envy, for never did he interchange two beings face to face so that both forms were ready to exchange their substance, each one for the others. An interchange of perfect symmetry, the serpent splits its tail into a fork, and the wounded sinner drew his feet together. The legs, with both the thighs, closed in to join and in a short time fused so that the juncture didn't show signs of ever having been there. The while the cloven tail assumed the features that the other one was losing and its skin was growing soft, the others getting scaly. So, oh my god. Lines 94 through 99, is this Dante just saying, hey Ovid and Lucan, I'm going to one-up you here because never in your poems have you interchanged two beings. I think, I mean, I think in some way it's showing his, like, grotesque imagination, but He's also perverting their metamorphoses in ways that are, like, more disturbing, I guess. Because if you think about all the people who he's citing, like, the these particular transformations, Cadmus and Arethusa, like, they... It's just who one thing... People? Well, Cadmus is... Um, he's from Greek mythology. He's, I think, a hero from, like, Thebes. Um, okay. and he gets turned into a, uh, 
a snake, a big, a huge snake. And Is then Arethusa, sorry. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. That's in that's in Ovid's Metamorphoses, but it's accounted for in other places too. And then Arethusa is this um, nymph who gets turned into a stream that flows underground because hmm. um, she's fleeing from unwanted sexual advances, which is a very um, very common theme in Ovid. That like I'm gonna somebody, look up. yeah. Sorry, continue. Oh, just like somebody who is being um, like pursued sexually will get turned into something else as a way of escaping so Daphne gets turned into a laurel tree um hmm. there's some versions of I think this is the tale of like Hyacinthus that he also gets turned into um the Hyacinth flower because he's fleeing somebody anyway although interestingly enough I mean Zeus himself is the one who transforms into a hen to basically convince Hera to marry him and I mean, he yeah. There's and he's trans- also, he transforms into a swan where he like right with has Lita. sex with slash rapes Lita and Lita. he transforms Io into a cow. There's like lots of transformation that happens, but I think what Dante is really pointing out here that he's trying to emphasize is that the Greek or like the classical transformations, which are so important to the classical sort of literary narrative. Mm-hmm. go one way they're like one-way transformations they're not like they're kind of linear in that way whereas this is this right. kind of melding and sort of like almost a sexual I mean it's a super sexualized language so whether we want to think of it as like a type of assault or just a hyper-sexualized encounter like that is very different from the transformations he's saying that those other writers had had put forward. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I just think it's interesting here how the poetic voice goes from, we have the voice of the narrator, putatively Dante's memory telling us mm-hmm. what happened. And then we zoom out in this kind of disorienting way where Dante speaks directly to us and and also is speaking to Lucan and Ovid saying, wait what I hear have you know, wait to hear what I have in store. Yeah. See what I'm gonna do in this poem that's gonna up you guys. I just find that to be really striking. Um I although, think it would also although it's worth noting that in the original Italian, he's not du- he's not um directly um and even here, I mean, he's not talking directly to the poets. He's saying, let let them blah blah blah, but he's not saying Lucan, you blah blah blah. No, but I guess he is talking more directly to the reader. Yeah, and I, I would say that the implied audience is actually would include those poets, but um, or I think the implied audience includes people who have read these texts. Like he's basically assuming. I mean, this is true from the whole poem so far that he's assuming a body of knowledge in the reader that will make sense of his illusions. Right. But I don't think that means that he would direct this directly to the poets because he actually has met them. Before. In one sense, in one sense, I agree with you, but in another sense, you can think of Dante's kind of whole poetic project as engaging and being on the same level of all of the classic poets. Like remember when he was in the garden chatting with, Lucan and Homer and whoever else and 
I think in a weird way, he creates this sort of time away from time realm of like the poetic world in which ancient authors and poets can actually speak and be in dialogue with medieval ones. And they can all be in dialogue with us because it's in a time that isn't time in a weird way. I don't know what I really mean. I don't, dis- I don't disagree with you, but I just don't think that's Dante's invention. I think that's oh, actually, I, I think that's that sort of intertextual space is one that Dante is is coming into and assuming that people right. are already in when they're reading this poem. It's the world of Calliope, one might say. Um, yeah, or like the world of like... Orpheus. Anxiety of influence, as Harold Bloom would put it. Where yeah, like yeah, poets yeah. have to sort of make their own way, but also like are are engaged in this project where nothing nothing they would do that was completely divorced from anything else would have actual meaning Hmm. which also reminds me of this um, motif in poetry which actually my friend our friend max norman was telling me about the other day that many poets use the language and imagery of pathways Mm. paths um roads because you can think of poetry as both a guiding path and a way to discover something new. Um, yeah, and it's an it's a an art form that is temporally based. Like you can't ever just stay in one place in a text. Hmm. Like you're not just staring at a single point, right? In order to be digesting. Hmm, that's interesting. It, I've never thought of that. Which is another big metaphor that's used is like eating and food and like sort of taking in. Uh, like as you would with food but it's Mm. something that happens over time like it's not captured in as a snapshot one might say the way that a snapshot would be yeah you have to have the you have to kind of assume the synchronic viewpoint you can't just be only in one moment yeah as the reader at least um I did I just did want to read the note here just about who um uh, Sibelis and Nisidius. Oh yeah, were. I didn't know those guys. So it says, uh, this is listeners page 137, lines 94 through 102. In the Pharsalia, Lucan tells of the physical transformations undergone by Sibelis and Nisidius, both soldiers in Cato's army, who, being bitten by snakes, turned respectively into ashes and into a formless mass. So I guess Sibelis turns into ashes mm. and Nisidius turns into a formless mass. Mm. Ovid relates how Cadmus took the form of a serpent and how Arethusa became a fountain. Okay. Yeah, but I think that I, I'm a little bothered. I mean, the like sort of... This, hot the, and bothered? Not hot and bothered, but like bothered, <laughs> cold, cold and bothered. <laughs> Cadmus, okay, Cadmus gets transformed into a serpent because he did something bad, and Arethusa mm-hmm. becomes a found spring, like she's a, like a, a an underground water source, basically, because she's trying to get away from this guy slash river deity who's trying to rape her. So who's the river deity? I, I forget his name. It's like mm, okay, Alfaron or something. Um. It almost doesn't even matter. But Misogyny, la la la. Yeah, it just like, it's kind of, yes, these are two transformations, but they take place, one takes place as a punishment, and one takes place as like a, I mean, it really does function as a punishment for just being, having a female form. And right. it just really bothers me. And it's hmm. like, not a new take at all, but annoying. Wow. I too am cold and bothered about that. Cold and bothered. 
Okay. Um, um, also, some really interesting imagery here of having a cloven tail. Oh, right? yeah. So what happens is that the legs of this person fuse together, but they, and then kind of like in a snake body, and then the snake's tail becomes into a fork, right? And its skin becomes soft while the human skin becomes scaly. So he continues, I saw his arms retreating to the armpits and the reptile's two, free, two front feet that had been short began to stretch the length the man's had shortened. The beast's hind feet then twisted round each other and turned into the member man conceals, while from the wretch's member grew two legs. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, so basically the, the penis of the sinner. Are these sinners naked? Did he say that? Mm, I assume I guess. they all are at this point. Yeah, they actually all are. We did learn they're all naked in this Bolgia. So no leaden cloaks here, folks. Um, <laughs> Honestly, okay, so thank penis, God for that. Like, Those cloaks are creepy. His, his penis like splits in half and becomes legs. But little little snake legs, right? Little snake legs. What while the uh, the hind feet of the snake or dragon? I mean, we could serpent. It's not really a snake. It's a serpent or sort of like mushu like a dragon mm. uh twist around each other and become a penis yeah do snakes not have penises i think they do have penises but they are serpents not snakes they're like okay. inside most of the time hmm. definitely googling this now um okay yet another i mean to me this is all just like such a perversion of the metamorphosis not that the metamorphoses in ovid are like g-rated but yeah. they're kind of they're presented as if they almost could be abstract. Right. Whereas here, it's kind of like, it's two things transform, like one transforming into the serpent, one almost not, uh, like coming back to be human, almost. Mm. It, we haven't gotten to the part yet where we get to, so like, what 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 does the snake thing become? I don't know. Okay. Well, let's find out. The smoke. From each was swirling round the other, exchanging colors, bringing out the hair where there was none and stripping off the others. The one rose up, the other sank, but neither dissolved the bond between their evil stares, fixed eye to eye, exchanging face for face. Oh, the standing creature's face began receding Wait, toward the temples. Does that mean they're kissing? They're like, they're like locked in eye contact somehow. But exchanging face for face? They're like one of them. Their face is like I think exchanging form. Like it's for the snake right, is okay. transforming to human and human to snake. They're not making out. Although I will no, say that that, that really. line is a bit ambiguous. But Actually, continue. though, in this uh, Gabriel Doré illustration I have in front of me, it kind of looks like they're having some kind of sexual thing. This is really perverse. Yeah. Um, the standing creatures, blah, blah, blah. The face began receding toward the temples from the excess stuff pulled back. From the excess stuff pulled back, the ears were growing out of flattened cheeks. Well, from the excess flesh that did not flee the front, a nose was fashioned for the face and lips puffed out to just the normal size. The prostrate creature strains his face out long and makes his ears withdraw into his head the way a snail pulls in its horns. Do they do that? I guess. The tongue that once had been one piece and capable of forming words divides into a fork. Oh, wait, I just lost the page. Do you want to continue? While the other's fork heals up, 
the smoke subsides. The soul that had been changed into a beast went hissing off along the valley's floor, the other close behind him, spitting words. Then he turned his new-formed back on him and said to the shade left standing there, Let Rosso run the valley on all fours the way I did. Thus I saw the cargo of the seventh hold, exchange and interchange, and let the strangeness of it all excuse me if my pen has failed. And though this spectacle confused my eyes and stunned my mind, the two thieves could not flee so secretly, I did not recognize that one was certainly Puccio Ciancato, and he alone of that company of three that first appeared did not change to something else. The other, he who made you mourn, Gavil? Gaville? Wow, I'm so confused. Oh my god. god. Okay, so basically we learn that they're like, where's that guy? <laughs> where's that guy? Excuse where's me? that guy? And then it turns out that probably he was turned into one of these creatures. I guess. Okay, I'm gonna can I read can I read the summary of this canto just because I don't even know if I know what happened. Sure. The wrathful Vanni Fucci directs an obscene gesture to God. Honestly, kind of awesome. Whereupon he is attacked by several snakes which coil about him, tying him so tight that he cannot move a muscle. There's some some symbology in that we should discuss. As soon as he flees, the centaur caucus gallops by with a fire-breathing dragon on his back. And following close behind, there are three shades, concerned because they cannot find Chianfa, who soon appears as a snake and attacks on Aniel. The two merge into one hideous monster, which then steals off. Next, Guercio, in the form of a snake, strikes Buoso, and the two exchange shapes. Only Puccio Chiancato is left unchanged. Okay, you want to know what I just learned from Google? What? Snakes have two penises. What? So this is actually very biologically incorrect because this, the penis wouldn't have... Maybe, oh, maybe the penis... Maybe the man penis is transforming into two snake penises that Dante, because he doesn't know about snake penises, thinks are legs, but actually they're the double snake penises. Oh my god, That maybe that's why he thinks snakes have legs. And it's not actually Mushu. Well, they don't have six penises. They only have two. Well, it's not Mushu. Mushu would never. Oh my god, this is a. Oh my god. Oh my god. Somebody put. Somebody on. Why is the internet so weird? Somebody so weird. has photoshopped Trump's hair onto a snake penis. <laughs> what? Can you please send that to me? <laughs> Can you please send that to me right now? Oh, oh my god, because it's, it's from this news. Okay, it's from this news, and then we'll get back to the Dante's. <laughs> it's from this news source called Manga Bay, and the headline is Relative of Penis Snake Amphibian Named After Donald Trump. <laughs> oh my god, it's I am deceased. Dermophis Donald Trumpy. What? Sorry, it's not a snake penis, it is the actual snake. But it looks like a penis, which is why it came up for my Google search, snake penis. Oh my god. Oh my so god. So timely. Can I'm you sending you this. this to me? 
Should we include the um, link in our description of this canto? I think we have to. I think we listeners, think we we're really doing you a service here. <laughs> oh my god! What is this canto? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, did you just see the? Did you just see what the link? The that I see? Okay, what is this eyeball on the snake penis? It's not the snake penis. It's the snake. It just looks like a penis. It's called a <laughs> penis snake. That's why Google doesn't know the difference between snake penis and penis snake. <laughs> this is insane. Also, it's on some like environmentalist website. Yes. <laughs> Dermophis Donald Drumpot. I want to make this my profile picture. I mean, I don't because that's really gross. Do but... not do that. I will not do that. Don't worry. This is wild. Yeah. Wow. So relevant. Oh. <sighs> wow. Yeah. I think we just need to do a big exhale. <sighs> yeah. I still have so much anxiety about the election that I haven't worked through. Well, we'll have a chance to as we phone bank for Georgia. We will. Because listeners, we are white liberals, and that's what we do. And <laughs> also, we are committed. So, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I don't give a shit. You yeah. Know? Um, okay, I'm just looking up this canto on Wikipedia, because truly, why not? Um, and I guess I, I just feel confused about who exactly these people are are they thieves i don't know why are they getting transformed into snakes why is that their punishment maybe we are gonna find out because the thing is we just so much of so much of this canto is about like just describing what crazy shit is happening we don't really (laughs) i mean we don't really ever learn about who these people are no or like what they're up to we're really honestly just depending on the notes for it i think though i mean we did we did establish that this bulges for thieves so i think we can probably just assume that all of these people are thieves right i guess i mean but i uh, yeah okay but here's what i want to know how do they decide okay so 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 let's just think about the seventh bulge as a whole it's they're all thieves. I think that's I'm I'm fine assuming that. Mm-hmm. But there's both the snakes that bite people and then turn those people into ash and then those people come up and flip off god like Vani Fuji does. Well, maybe he's the only <laughs> one doing that. So like there's that snake action and then there's this whole other snake action which is like them becoming the snakes. So it's it's it sort of sets the scene for the seventh bulge to be this place of like constant transformation, which I think mm. actually does speak to thievery as like a sort of transforming people's transforming, property. Yeah, it's about like moving things. It's about motion. So it's about like production in some way. I mean, maybe I'm reading too much Marx in here, but it's about like. <laughs> but Listeners, it's also we are also this... in a rooting group about Marx, Capital Volume in, One. In case Let you me haven't noticed join. by now. Um, but also I think that's where almost the, uh, the sexual nature of the thievery becomes tied to the story of, for example, Arethusa, who is 
fleeing at least from assault from sexual assault when she gets transformed Mm -hmm. so it kind of speaks to this larger um connection i guess between theft rape as a kind of theft or like sexual assault as like a theft of something and this is actually something that i'm trying to figure out for one of the chapters i'm writing right now so it's kind of cool that this is coming up here that is Um, cool i mean i think just exactly to that point not only did they transform people's property like from things that people own into things that they now don't own but and this is from wikipedia so i don't claim the authorship of this idea but um just as these thieves kind of endangered people's identities in their lives now in hell these thieves our identities are becoming subject to theft by the snakes mm-hmm. so not only do they not own anything they don't even own themselves right they're not yeah. even themselves anymore although yeah. to be honest with you i don't really think this is the the neatest symbol or the neatest um like metaphor for thievery i don't know I, I, this contrapasso doesn't really speak to me Mm. That, that much especially because of vani fuchi by being bitten by a serpent bursting into flames reforming from the ashes like a phoenix i mean i i don't get that but it's interesting isn't it that there is this super sexualized environment that's it being is. that's that's designed it seems for thieves whereas it's rape. i mean honestly i, I thought mean, it's, that it's, that's yeah that I thought that the the dragon, the first dragon that um, was on Caucasus, who uh, latched itself onto who was it, um, Chianfa? No. Yeah, it's hard because no, I don't no, know. Chianfa who was the first. Was the serpent? I thought. No, no, no. It it, it latched itself onto Aniel, mm. like that stuff with its stiff tail and. Wait, but that's not the same dragon on Caucasus, right? Um, I thought that was a different. It's a, ser- it's a different. It's a different serpent. Sorry, but I think I, 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 got I think isn't it implied that Chanfa is the serpent? But that's that's what I'm saying because we don't know where Chanfa went, and then it's right. like, oh, actually, all right. the serpents in this are Georgia actually are... the spinners. Yeah, exactly. But that's what, what I'm saying. What I was trying to point out is like it's interesting that the the thieves are placed in this super disturbing sexual like, sexual assault sphere. But mm. the sodomites who we came across earlier are not, their situation is not really at all sexualized. It's much more that. sterile, right? Aren't yeah. they in the the, the um, fiery rain on the plane? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's it's kind of like, I don't know. I'm not saying that I mean, it would have been better to, to change those two. <laughs> and that's like, this is all so <laughs> fucked up that like, you can't really debate like what's the better punishment especially because we don't see no like homosexuality as a sin anymore but no uh i don't know it's just well we don't really believe in sin at least i don't but i mean i think well, just you think there you do believe in moral wrong right yeah but not in the kind of well i guess arguably yes i do believe in sin in the sense that like kantian deontology is at its heart christian morality but that's for a different podcast. But um, what I was going to say is like, uh, I think this canto, we should read this canto in reference to the context in which Dante lived, in which probably like highway robbers and bandits and thieves were much more present in people's lives than they are, at least in my life today. And 
I mean, we've talked about different kinds of fraud. Like, remember, we're in the eighth circle, which is a circle of fraud. And so thievery, this kind of thievery is one kind of fraud. But it's unclear to me exactly what kind of theft this is. Because remember, we met the highway bandits in one of the other cantos. We've met the hypocrites. We've met the barriters, you know, corrupt politicians. We've met the Simonists, the people who steal it from the church. But I don't actually know what kind of thievery or fraud. I mean, I know that, sorry, I know that these people are thieves, and I know that that's a kind of fraud, but, but I don't know exactly from... what kind of thieves they are. Like, are they petty thieves who, you know, steal from the gas station? No, are they I think thieves? they're thieves from the church, right? Because, like, Vani Fucci stole from the sacristy. Yeah, but are these people still in that same bolja? Yeah, yeah, this is the same one. I mean, I'm not saying they have to be thieving from the church, but I think it does set up this idea that, like, they are stealing from god like they're stealing the physical they're stealing from god's body on earth which is the church which is also often um figured as a woman which i think is not Hmm. irrelevant here that the church is christ's bride like and if they're if you're stealing from the church like again not assuming they all are because i don't know if we have evidence for that but even if only Vani Fucci was doing that, it's a type of violation. And especially given that that rape was seen as a theft from the guardian or male, Hmm. um, that is rape of a woman, was seen as a a theft from the male guardians of the woman. Like, I think there's, there's a lot of parallels to sexual violence that are seen in, in possessing or like taking something that isn't yours, especially if it's from the church, which is the bride of Christ. I completely agree. I just think that it's inconclusive, at least from our reading of this canto, to like know what, what kinds of thieves they are. Yeah, what kinds of thieves they are. I think you're completely justified. Yeah, it's weird because he has so such specific people for all the other ones. And this one is like Vani Fucci, who doesn't seem to be that famous. And then these rando Florentines. Yeah, and who it seems they? like, well, possibly one of them is from the Brunelleschi family. Brunelleschi family, sorry. But we don't really know. And it looks like scholars also don't know who these people are. Because, I mean, I assume that Musa would have put a note about that. Mm. Um, The other thing we need to say. So right at the end, there were some names mentioned. So um, who says, let Buoso run the valley on all fours the way I did? Um, Oh, so now there's a shade that used to be a, a snake, right? This is mm-hmm. on line 130, sorry, 139. Um, Buoso, which is the identity of Buoso, the n- newly formed serpent, is uncertain. Some commentators think him to be Buoso del Yabati, and others Buoso Donati, who I have no idea who those, who those people are. And then another one of the thieves that Dante recognizes is Puccio Sciancato, um, who was a member of the Galigai family and a supporter of the Ghibellines exiled from Florence in, in 1268. Honestly, I don't know who these people are. And then the last thing, he, the last person he mentions is Gaville or Gavi, yeah, who, um, well, sorry, he, that's not a person he mentions. That is a town, actually, where Francesco Cavalcanti, known as Guercio, was slain by the inhabitants. Um, it's a small town near Florence in the Valdarno Valley. The Cavalcanti family avenged his death by decimating the populace. Thus, he was Gaville's region, reason to mourn. So I don't remember who Francesco Cavalcanti, what he did. Wait, Cavalcanti? We met a Cavalcanti before. But, well, was it, what, what, yeah, but was it Francesco? 
Didn't uh, we, wasn't that the, the dad and the uh, son? Yeah, he's like, Guido, my son. Mm. But he so, what, so he stole people's people. lives, I guess? I mean, I don't know. He stole their piece? I, I really, this is kind of an ambiguous canto. And it's, I think it's, this is weirding me out just because the imagery is so bestial and sexual and rapey and disturbing. Okay, do we want to read uh, Sinclair's note? Yes. Okay. He says in the note to Canto 25, the malignant savagery of Fuchi reaches its climax at the beginning of the 25th Canto and is a fitting introduction to the scenes that follow in the thieves' ditch. Uh, these are distinguished by a fantastic horror, which is singular even among the horrors of the Malabolge. They are difficult to reduce to clear moral symbolism, and too little is known of the characters and careers of the five Florentines in the canto, all probably senior contemporaries of Dante, for us to discover the special fitness of this se their several penalties. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so he doesn't, like, it seems as if they, the identities of these guys just make Dante and Contrapasso difficult to It has to be out. too, uh, it's abstract. Then he Does talks he about like the serpent. Um, blah, blah. Sorry, I just, it's really long, so we don't have to read the whole thing. Um, he's oh, his he he just ends with talking about how unlike a lot of the other punishments, Dante remains, or we we are given no clues as to Dante's in story reactions to these people. Like, we hmm. we have a lot of his, um, he records his, his kind of mediation for the reader, like, oh, like, these other poets, you know, have said this, but this is even worse, or uh, if, if this is too weird for you, like, it's just what I saw, but we don't really get a lot of his emotional investment. Like, he doesn't seem to feel bad for them either. And he doesn't really seem to condemn them. Yeah. Oh, and then he ends with a quote. This is Sinclair. Every every sentiment but that of a religious horror is dead, and that is the fundamental character of the canto. Wait, what? Um, religious it's religious horror. Like this is he's he's so horrified because this is gross to watch, but also specifically is um a a a darker version of the poetic transformations he's seen before. And I think also probably, I mean, he doesn't mention this, but there's something about like this transformation and the sort of um, like religious overtones to the whole thing of like the serpent, for example, that I think brings to mind some of the medieval ideas about like Christ's body transforming and like resurrection. Mm. So for example, in the last canto, when uh, Fuchi like is turned into ash, that's Fuchi, right? He's turned into mm -hmm. ash. He comes back basically to life. I mean, it's it kind of like this is a perversion of like sex in a way, or like transformation, or or like intermingling of bodies. Mm -hmm. That was also a perversion of like resurrection. So, or like there was the whole thing about the phoenix, right? Yeah. Where like the he's kind of a phoenix, but it's this dark phoenix. Oh yeah, and then we made that joke about Sophie Turner. But, um, yeah, I don't know enough about, uh, or I guess nobody knows enough about these particular people to think about how their crime is rendered here, but it's almost as if their punishment is also an affront to God, which is interesting because clearly didn't God, like, design this thing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I think you're right to bring up the Christian connotations of the idea of metamorphosis. And I think something that this reminds me of is that God is supposed to have trans, you know, it's like the Eucharist where yeah. the body and blood of Christ are transformed. And also the, like we were made in God's image. So it's like. We're made in God's image. Yeah, literally Yahweh was an embodied human in the Old Testament. But I don't know about any Christian text. But um, but the Old but, Testament is Christian. It, sorry, I meant Hebrew Bible. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, just to finish my thought, I think the idea of transformation is such a liberatory one in Christian theology. This idea that you can be healed you know your body can be transformed your sins can be washed away you can become a new person i mean isn't that body can't be transformed that much like that's why you're not allowed to cremate people yeah but i'm making kind of a you know not as like if you we don't think about it that in that level of granularity i think the idea of metamorphosis and transformation Mm -hmm. actually is one of the more positive sides of Christianity, you can be like, spiritually transformed, but can you be bodily transfer- transformed? I, think I mean, isn't that a lot of miracles? Like you can, like you know, they heal the blind. Then, yeah, yeah. Like, and you know, Jesus's body is actually transformed. I mean, he dies and then come lives mm-hmm. again. I mean, this. I'm being very sloppy here, but I think just one one reason that this is so bothersome, perhaps, is that this strikes a chord with mm-hmm. the idea of like transformation and metamorphosis as a fundamentally positive or or liberatory process that is now becoming a new jail or a punishment yeah. you yeah. know that's i guess that's what i'm trying to say not on yeah, the most yeah. on the most like um kind of abstract in general and on academic level mm. yeah and also specifically to be transformed like in this really it looks painful and also, just, like, the the idea that you're not, even by being transformed, that's not the end. Like, you're going to transform back. Like, mm. it's, a, it's a constant process. You're, like, trapped in this cycle mm. as opposed to the overarching, like, Christian doxology of, of there is an end of days. Like, there is an end. And at that mm. point, you'll be returned to your body and everyone's body will be raised and, like, that's the end this is kind of this just the opposite that i I guess we haven't really learned what the deal is going to be during the apocalypse for hell i mean do they have like a sort of closing out sale or something like (laughs) do all the estate sale going forever like i don't know i don't Um, know and i think that i mean surely hell continues after the day of judgment because the people who are judged unworthy have to have somewhere to go Hmm. Wonder how time works after the day of judgment. Questions for God. Questions for God, truly. Okay, orthogonally, the idea of time is crazy. I was talking to my housemate who's a physics grad student about quantum field theory and how they're studying how particles just come into existence and then leave existence. Mm-hmm. And how studying that can like can show us things about how time is created as a dimension. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, I love it. Okay. I love it too. All right, dear listeners, I think we have listeners, adequately. Yeah, this is a lot. This, canto. this is a lot. Sorry, this was kind next of dark. Week, next week, we're going to come back and be like, oh, yay, like, what's up? What happened last time? Oh, fuck. Okay, Wait, we can't even next say week, fuck anymore. Next week is actually cool and fun. Don't look Ooh, ahead. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I won't look ahead. Yeah. As okay, usual, bye. I'm unprepared. Bye.